Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 174 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and I am joined by two of my guardian angels today who came in to save the day, Aiden Mikey from the Slashers mm -hmm. podcast. Um, Corey was supposed to be on this episode, but he got a pinched sciatica and had to stand for his top 10. So I just told him to go home, and then I emergency texted you guys. I was like, help, help, please. And you guys, I guess you guys are still off today, right, for winter break? So it, wor <laughs> so it worked out perfectly. And here we are talking about Terror Train. Uh, you guys were on the holiday special that we just did where we talked about our top 12. I mentioned that I was doing a bonus episode, but I had no idea you'd be on it. But I am very happy that you were here with me today to talk about the 1980 Terror Train and when are you guys doing your uh, remake or whatever episode? When are you guys doing that one? Is that happening like this week? So we'll be recording. So we're recovering the remake and the remake sequel. We'll probably mostly focus on the sequel since it's just coming out tomorrow. Um, we'll probably have it released in the middle of January as an extra side piece episode. Nice. Okay. Um, I have not seen, have you, so have you already watched the remake already? Cause I haven't seen that one, but obviously I'd like to check it out since I, I love the original one so much. I actually was watching the remake while you texted and was like, <laughs> OMG, can you guys help me <laughs> review Terror Train 1980? And I was like, okay. So I stopped cause luckily they're all on Tubi. Oh, nice. I stopped the remake about halfway through and watched the original one. Um, so I've seen it before a long time ago. I have it. I just didn't remember anything. And yeah. honestly, before this, I was getting Terror Train and Prom Night confused. Mm, yeah. Um, but but now I know which one's which. Well, yeah, they both. Uh, a train. They're both from 1980, mm. and they both have Jamie Lee Curtis in it. So I can. You know, she did a lot of shit that year. She did The Fog. She did this one, Prom Night, and I think she did one other one. So she was, like, working this year. Like, holy yeah. shit. Or in 1980. So um, prior to this, had you seen Terror Train Aid, the uh, the one we're talking about today? Yes, I watched it. I watched it years ago. I don't know. I kind of stumbled upon it, and I was looking, and I'm like, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this? Why have I never seen this? And so I just watched it, and I loved it. So And fucking David um, Copperfield, too. David Copperfield, yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw his that. His one and, and like, only role. He has one and only role, and it's funny because there's actually some trivia on why he never did another role. Let me just, I'll just say that now because I already have it written down. But it was something along the lines of he had such a hard time uh, remembering his lines that he swore he would never do another movie again. Because I was wondering the same thing, like, why did he only do one? Yeah, here it is. Magician David Copperfield got very irritated during production because he had so much trouble saying his lines and he swore he'd never make another movie. So we got him in Terror Train doing some awesome magic. And he's really doing that on screen, which is which is pretty cool. But I was kind of uh, yeah. shocked when I saw he was in this. I was like, that is so odd. <laughs> and everyone, he did a good job too. Yeah, I think he did great, but apparently it was not for him, and that's why he didn't do another movie. Yeah. So he hardly has any lines. So what is he bitching about? Like, I know. Come on. He was in maybe like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, and most of the time on screen, he was just doing magic. So he didn't really have that many lines, but whatever. Um, I just thought that was hilarious. I'd never thought I'd see him in a movie, especially a, a horror movie from 1980. So, but before, well, I... oh, go ahead, Aiden. Oh, no, I was just going to say he married, um, what's her name from Dirty Dancing? The one who had to get the abortion. So, fun fact. Did he really? Still married. Yeah, they got married. Oh, shit, okay. And she's actually in one of the Toto videos. And I'm like, is that Penny from Dirty Dancing? I should probably <laughs> learn her real name, right? But all I know is she's the one who had the abortion. That's it. Oh, so. my God. Okay. Fun fact. Fun, yeah, fun fact. I always love a good fun fact. 
Uh, before we talk about this movie, though, I would like to get some of your guys' thoughts on some of your favorite movies this year. I know the next episode for us is our top 10, but I would love to hear anything you guys loved or hated because uh, there's plenty of both for me. There's a lot of stuff I liked and a lot of stuff I did not like. So, Aid, is there anything this year that stood out to you horror-wise? Well, really quickly, I just, my favorites were obviously Barbarian, Prey, and uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, Mikey's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I can already hear Mikey having something to say. And then the ones I hated, um, the only thing I could think of, because you didn't tell me that we needed to come up with this list. I know, that's right my bad. The top of my head, Halloween ends, obviously, yeah. can go go die somewhere but that's that's my opinion <laughs> yeah barbarian was one of those ones that came out of nowhere and it was a first like debut film for i think his name is zach krieger or krieger uh the guy from zach whitest krieger. yeah the, uh, one of the guys from whitest kids you know so that's a drastic change of pace for him to write you know funny skits and comedy things and then go straight into full-blown horror i thought it was very interesting and it was actually apparently very hard for him to get that made there was a lot of hurdles he had to go through and a lot of problems but somehow it got made and uh everyone loves it at least I, I know i do and you do uh mikey are you a fan of barbarian or have you seen it yeah i saw it it was good um i enjoyed it my uh, the only thing i like my perspective that i think about because it is a good movie is would i have liked it as much if because the whole thing was the gimmick of you don't know anything going in so you're surprised by like whenever the shift happens in the middle. So I, I like think to myself if I would have liked it as much, if, if it would have been a regular movie with the shitty trailer. So I did like it. It was probably one of the top ones this year, but that's just an internal monologue I have inside of myself. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, what else did for you, Mikey, this year did you really enjoy? I know we kind of had the same feelings on Halloween ends. Like we didn't, I thought it was like, okay. And like decent, but I didn't hate it as much as most people, but like, what are some movies that stood out to you besides like barbarian? Um, so smile was a big surprise for me. Uh, um, I really like smile. Um, I really enjoyed, there's a movie that came, I forgot what country it's from, um, called Hatching, about a little girl that finds an egg. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I think it was Finnish, I believe. Finnish or Norwegian, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, about somewhere the, over there. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> it was really good, and I didn't expect to like it as much. Um, and then the last one that I really like this year that I'm like, ooh, this is really good is watcher with i can never pronounce her name My mylin <laughs> micah monroe yeah there yeah. you go um her uh, i really liked that one um and then special shout out just because of what it's done to the horror genre to terrify her too um i think we we reached a new level of disturbing when it comes to uh killing high school girls so shout out to terrifier too as far as the worst goes I really hated that Netflix movie Choose or Die. I don't oh, know if you ever yeah. saw it, but that one was it was like okay. It it had like a good idea and there were some pretty scary moments, but yeah, at the end of the day it was like not even Robert England could save that movie. So Yeah, I fell asleep, so I couldn't. <laughs> oh tell shit. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Um also Men was really bad. Oh, you and... didn't like that one. 
Yeah, you oh, said no. that. I, I still need to watch it to see what you meant by so that. So what did not work? Uh, what didn't what did not work for you on that one? It was weird for sure. But uh, is there anything specific that just made you not like it? Mm, it I don't know. It just like to you me didn't like the men. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very strange. I felt like there was no set theme or plot because everybody goes in thinking that oh this is about how all men are shit it's not really i mean you know the guys in this town are trying to like you know fuck her up and then there's this like a weird twist i don't want to say anything too much because aid hasn't seen it but i just feel like it was someone that just was trying to be shocking like when it ended i was like the fuck was that um <laughs> that third act is fucking weird i i, I will say that that third yeah. act is very strange and then the the last uh, worst film of 2022 is going to be Crimes of the Future, oh, which no. I keep calling Crimes of Future Past. Sorry if y'all <laughs> liked it. I did not. So I what... still haven't seen that either. So, oh, wow. uh... so what I'm about sorry that one? To that man. What about that one? What? It was super boring. I am not a Joe, whatever, Cronenberg fan. James, oh. Joe, whatever his first name is. Um, uh, Dave, so... David, David Cronenberg. <laughs> one, of the, one of those names from the Bible. <laughs> um i am not a fan i actually went to go watch this because my friend and i that we go watch movies all the time together he wanted to see this one because he's a huge cronenberg fan i wanted to see watcher because i'm a mega melon liquor fan and so we were like okay well let's just do a double feature yeah <laughs> so uh we saw watcher first and we were like whoa and we saw crimes of future past and i was like crimes of the future like whatever not the no, x-men movie i like that crimes title better <laughs> Um, and so, uh, it was just boring. It was weird. I, it, I don't, I'm not into body horror, so I wasn't into it. I was like hoping it would end soon. Luckily it did. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. And even my friend who's a big Cronenberg fan was like, oh, it wasn't his best work. Yeah, it definitely wasn't his best. And there was actually, there was this thing going around on the internet before, it released like at the film festivals, people were saying the last 20 minutes were so visceral and so like jarring that people were walking out and throwing up. So I'm expecting what my level of that would be. And it wasn't really that. So I was like, I don't understand why people were vomiting and walking out. This is not, this is tame for Cronenberg. So it got built up to a level where I thought it was going to be some crazy wild masterpiece. And while I did enjoy it, it definitely got overhyped for me because the fucking internet made up shit. So yeah, if you're not into body yeah. horror and Cronenberg, it is a it is probably going to be a pretty boring watch. So, you also have to remember that when they make these claims, these are probably just average people going into the film, and not people yeah. like yeah. like the three of us, right? Yeah. So, or maybe someone season. had the maybe someone had the flu. Oh and yeah, threw up, on, threw up on the way out. Yeah, they had COVID nineteen. Of course, they're vomiting in the in the aisles, but yeah. you know, I, that's that's neither here nor there i i still want to see it i just like again i i watch so much stuff for the show that i don't ever have time to watch anything i want to watch or anything new so yeah yeah my kind of my fault but whatever i'll yeah. get to it we yeah. do get consumed with watching movies for the podcast and i uh mm -hmm. try to watch as many as i can and i've watched a lot this year but it's just it gets to a point where i'm like Sometimes, like I had on my list, I was like, I don't even remember watching this movie because I'd watched so many movies this year. I'm like, it's on my list. And I'm like, I must have liked it or not liked it, but I couldn't tell you a fucking thing that happened in it. Uh, one example was a movie called Night's End. I watched it and gave it two stars. And I'm like, I, I guess I'm confident in my rating, but I couldn't tell you one plot point. So 
I do get kind of overwhelmed with how much I watch, but I do try to watch as much. There's so much. Yeah, there's too much content, honestly. And I feel like because there's so much being turned out and there's so much like competitiveness with all of these types of films that there's things that are going to fly under the radar or just be forgotten. And it's kind of sad. It's like, I don't want to go back to like the old Hollywood times where there'd be like five movies that came out in one month and that was it, right? Like that I can keep up with. (laughs) But now you have- I'm really glad. Go ahead, I'm really glad that independent filmmakers are able to like make their art and send it to us but at some point there's so much like i don't know if you guys ever do this but i'll start on netflix and i'm like mm, maybe i'll watch that one later and then i'll go on tubi and i'm like mm, those look cool maybe i'll watch them later and then i'll go on shutter and i'm like oh that's a cool one and i end up not watching anything and just going to sleep yeah um yeah so I, I i'm basically just watching trailers all night <laughs> it's just like it's so oversaturated especially nowadays with how many streaming services we have and how many different you know places are putting out movies it's, it's so overwhelming it's not just theaters anymore there's so many places that are doing like amazon has their own uh uh content Tubi's now doing movies because they did the new terror train and every single fucking streaming service is just cranking out these movies so it gets to the point where you're like i'm overwhelmed and overstimulated by all the stuff i'm just gonna like take a nap like i can't even i don't even yeah. know what to pick because there's so much shit to pick from so yeah. yeah even cartoon network released their first movie this year the log uh, thing what the Yule Long. Oh, Yule. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you not like that one, Aiden? No, I'm just over it. Like, <laughs> I, every network has to have a fucking movie now. Like, come on. Is it's, that what you guys I enjoyed about? it. I thought it was crazy. When? It's from the same people who did the Too Many Cooks and uh, unedited yeah. footage of a bear. Some... Yeah. Yeah. And I liked it, but I was like, man, even, even like if. What would have happened if they just released it as a Yule log and no one ever knew it was a movie? Like, there's so much shit out there, it would just get lost. Like, the only reason why I knew it was a movie is because someone was like, um, yeah, it's not it's not actually footage of a Yule log, it's yeah. a movie. And it's funny, too, because so. the first, like, 25 minutes of that movie is literally a stationary camera shot. And how they are able to work, like, and work around it, they did it so well, honestly. It was such a, such a fun movie. And you can actually, if you want to watch that, it's on HBO Max. Weirdly enough, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. why it went there since it's Adult yeah. Swim and Cartoon Network, but it is currently streaming, and uh, that's a that's a fun one for sure. But I want to bring it back around to Terrifier real quick because I feel the same way with that one. I feel like that one impacted us a ver- like insanely this year in 2022 because it took ugh, like three years to finally get made. They did it for $250,000. It made like $12 million dollars. And it went from like a couple theaters here and there to like 700 nationwide. Like that shit took the, I'd say the U S by storm. Like it seriously did. And for something like that, an independent film to do that much, uh, like to, to make that much money is quite impressive. And, uh, Damien Leone is promising to do a third one, of course, with how much money he made. And it's supposed to be seeing it all over Facebook today. It's supposed to be like the scariest, creepiest terrifier. And he's also apparently going to be bringing the runtime back down to like what the first one was. And I was like, that was my biggest, that's like my only complaint with Terrifier 2. It's just so freaking long. It is Mm -hmm. way too, I don't know about you guys, but you didn't mind? I didn't, there was a couple of parts that I was like, okay, we could take this out. Mostly at the end, I, one of my pet peeves is psych out deaths. We're like, okay, I know she's not dead. She's the main character, Her bring her back to life. And that was taking a long time. But even if you would have taken those out, it probably still would have been like two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's very long because I because I I think it's important to character build right 
but again, maybe he had all of these things and he just wanted to incorporate it. I still have to try and get him on the show, Mikey. So like he answers me when I say things to him. So it's not like he's ask him, ask him before he gets too big. I was going to say, I do. I know know, uh, there's a guy in the movie, uh, selfie guy, uh, Rick Stazinski is one of my good buddies who actually knows Damien Leone and David Howard Thornton. So I'm trying to work to like get him on the show too. So if I hear any, yeah. So if I can get something, I'll make sure I pass him along to you because yeah, I would love to be able to talk to him and like pick his brain about making an independent film. Like it's, it's not easy. I know it's not, but I think it it does help when you have a lot of passionate people because the people doing that, they're not doing it for a paycheck. They're doing it because they like genuinely love it. So usually when you have a bunch of people that have the same end goal in mind with making a movie, it usually makes it worthwhile and terrifier is definitely one of those indie films that if you haven't seen and you like i mean you do have to like that style of movie it's not for everybody it's definitely i mean would you i'd consider that torture porn right isn't it yes i actually include terrifier in our torture porn episode uh that jake and i did a while back okay and i include it in there because i really feel that it is that it's very reminiscent of you know early 2000s torture porn in, in a lot of ways and um, before we move on from that really quickly, if you don't follow Damien Leone on Instagram, I highly recommend that you do because there he made an entire reel of all of his practical effects, like backgrounds. Oh. Like, so like basically him testing things out and stuff. And it's like a whole reel. So it's like really quickly, but it's so much fun and so cool just to see like all of that happen, you know, like right off screen and stuff and like and what they're doing to get it done and how messy and gross and fun it is and i'm like how fucking fun would that be like that would be the best job i swear so i would definitely follow him and watch that because that was that was like the coolest thing i saw him put up this year because it's literally all of his fun and all of the cool ones like the, they show the chick walking around with like her eyes sliced open, right? Oh shit! Okay. And like it's just so cool. I don't know. I love that background stuff. So that's just me. Anyway, is it uh is it this um, one here? Like his first yeah. one? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I I like I'm so I'm such, I'm such an old man. You said reels. I'm like, what the fuck is reels? And I went to Instagram. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's that video thing in the middle. I, I swear to God, I don't know yeah. how to. <laughs> It's okay. I don't either. Austin, oh my God. you're the baby in the room. Don't even go there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there's certain things I'm like, I, I don't like, understand. <laughs> I'm the worst. I know this may shock and awe everybody, but I disagree with Aid. I don't think it's torture porn. I think it starts mm. getting into torture porn territory when Catherine Cochran's character is held upside down and sawed in half. That was very torture porn esque, but I would consider it more of a slasher. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, torture porn is like, it's more like Saw or Hostel where you don't really have much plot going on. It's just you people are there to be tortured. Yeah. And I feel like in terror and actually, I'm, yeah, this goes for the second one, too. The first and the second one, um, there's not really that many people that die. If you think about it, they just die in really gross ways. That's and true. Yeah. They're doing stuff. They're doing stuff like they're not there just to be tortured. And that's kind of like where I but, you know, everybody has a different threshold of what they can see and stuff. It's so. okay to be wrong, Mikey. That's fine. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Wow. Go fix your lip. Go. F- go fix your lipstick. You're on camera. Oh, is it? Is it bad? Is it all over the place? <laughs> oh, never mind. That's just the shape of your lips. Wow. <laughs> what did you just? Man. What did you just pull up that had the Chucky name on it? Oh, I got a little bitty boomer for Christmas. Oh, that's so cute. What oh, is that? So yeah, a bitty boomer. Santa. 
Yeah, it's a speaker. It's and a speaker? He talks, but I don't want to take him out because so he's in cute. a good guy box. And I'm like, I can't take him out of this. That's so, so cute. That's when you box. that's you buy another one just to take it out of the box and right. then keep the one in the box in it. <laughs> 34 years old and I can't take my toys out. So sad. So what else? Anyway. This is the No, go ahead, Mikey. I was gonna say this is the random because we're talking about movies in 2022. We're talking about Terrifier. Yeah. The movie Nope, which was which was pretty good, but I wouldn't say it was my favorite of the year. Um, when the girl's face was mauled by the monkey, um, I was wondering <laughs> if they kind of took notes. I was wondering if they took notes from Terrifier from the, the character whose face was mauled. Mm-hmm. It um, did look like that. I completely agree when they finally show yeah. her face. I'm like, that's the bitch from Terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I could see that too. But yeah. I will. Maybe they just borrowed her really quick. They probably did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people do that, you know? <laughs> Uh, what was it? There was uh, the, the oh my God, the uh, flamethrower scene from Terrifier 2. There's a flamethrower scene in the new Scream. It's for a second, but they have like this, you know, f- uh, fire flamethrower going on. I was like, maybe they borrowed that from Terrifier because Terrifier, the trailer came out way before Scream did. So you got to wonder. It's like, yeah. I feel like they definitely take things from, and it kind of sucks because like indie films, if anything, should be the ones taking from bigger movies. You wouldn't expect a large movie like Nope to take something from a small movie like that, but it, it definitely looked very similar. And it's funny too, because I thought that that lady from the trailer was going to be like some sort of alien. Not even close. They, yeah. did a, they did a very good job at misdirecting you from those trailers because I thought they were giving away way too much. And then I saw the movie and I was like, that is completely the opposite of what I was expecting. So I uh, that's definitely my favorite Jordan Peele movie uh, for sure so far. I definitely need to rewatch the other ones though, because I think they got overhyped for me like way too soon and I went in expecting like brilliant things and I don't know I just kind of was let down but nope for me I enjoyed it that's actually my number one uh runner-up of the year was was nope because I actually just watched it the other day with uh Gabby's sister who had never seen it and she absolutely loved it so did you uh you watch that one Aid, it's right? good yeah yeah did you yeah. enjoy that one yeah I, I thought it was great I yeah. really liked it um I I had no problems. Like at the beginning, what's her name was annoying the shit out of me, but then she grew on me. Oh, it's K- like, who Kiki, was I talking to? Kiki Palmer? Kiki Palmer. Palmer. She, her character was Kiki so, Palmer. I love her, but my God, I just, I think this is like this trope now that we always have to have a very woke type character that's very loud in a lot of these, these new films. And I feel like this is becoming a new trope. And I really dislike that because I feel like it kind of detracts from what they're beliefs are because you're being so fucking annoying about it like there's a way to go about your how you your stance on things right in order for people to not uh think that you're just kind of like preaching to them right and so but she did grow on me and i realized as i watched the film the the way that she was behaving kind of built up and i think that's the beauty of jordan peele is that nothing is by accident right Right, so everyone, yeah. everyone is the way that they are for a reason, and you figure out that reason as the film goes on. So if if you do start watching it and you get annoyed by her, I think that was intentional. So, yeah, I think because I thought about their characters a while ago too. I think she was over the top because the brother He's was so dull. Not like his acting or not him as a person, but the character was just so dull and dry and like almost as like we wouldn't like this person if we knew them like you'd be like (laughs) okay i guess i guess i'll be over here while you hate life over there um but no yeah um but also you know what annoys you explains me so that's fine (laughs) it's not even that i i can't really explain it and i think that we'll well, we're going to get into that and in actually the remake of terror train because when i started with the remake the other or yesterday i was like 
you know, it's almost like the new nineties show that they're coming out with on Netflix. I feel like yeah. they, I feel like instead of, you know, they're trying so hard to be inclusive that basically they're including all of these characters just to tick off something like tick off boxes. Right. Yeah. Why can't we just be inclusive without having to overtly make it so like, it's not, it, it should just be as is. Right. And I don't know too many things that are, can make that very natural. It's like, we're just ticking about box. Oh, you're gay. You're in the movie. Oh, you're black. You're in the movie. Oh, you're Hispanic and you're, and you're a woman. You're in the movie. Yay. That's <laughs> it. We, we did our job. We're inclusive. You can't say anything about us. Like, I really feel like that's what things are doing now. And so that's what I feel like the new terror train is doing, but we're not talking about the new terror train today, are we? <laughs> I would love to hear, uh, you know, without spoilers, uh, any of your comparisons uh, to this one. Cause like I said, I haven't seen it. So if you want to talk about that, feel free. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything else you guys can think of uh, movie wise duds or anything else you can, that you liked for this year? Um, I had, I have one that I just watched. It's called the apology. Um, I think Mikey, did you did did you finish that one? I can't remember. I would like yeah, the I audience to know that Mikey and Austin held hands as they watched it. <laughs> we cried. We held hands and cried and watched. And, and cried in uh, each other's arms. <laughs> he was like, "Was it just me? Was I just menstrual, or was it was it emotional?" I was like, "No, nah, that was a fucking emotional movie for sure." Yeah. I was uh, I was upset about some of those plot points. It was very like it's the, when the twist happens, you're like, "Oh, that's a that this is just going downhill." Because I did not I watched it with a buddy, and it was like it was not anything of what I expected. I figured one person was involved, but what happened after that? I was like, "This is very weird territory," but yeah. it makes me uncomfortable. So I was like, "I have to give it props for that," because like that was. <laughs> that, that fucking took a turn see <laughs> now you know what i meant when i was like i want to watch something fun and campy like killer clowns from outer yeah. space and then i put the apology on and i was like my life is over <laughs> <laughs> now i'm depressed great <laughs> yeah. like a valium and a shot of whiskey just to go to bed oh my exactly. god and, and you know and that's my thing i like my horror to be fun so when mikey said that i'm like i think we could table this until i'm like really like i'm in like in a very depressed mood because the same went with the night house when you when y'all told me to watch that oh yeah and i was like i like i liked it but i was just like oh my god like i couldn't yeah i was just like depressed for days like it was so sad so it's the equivalent when people say sometimes you need a good cry you do well these (laughs) movies will give it to you yeah. yeah, I agree. That same thing with the lodge, and we talked about that, you know, last episode with an uh, Austin's episode. Um, the lodge, like, I'm never going to watch it again. I think it really gets it gets you though, right? Oh like, yeah, it, no. it does. And but it, you know, if you're feeling Christmassy, there you go. <laughs> anyway, have you seen? Uh, speaking speaking of, of Christmassy, yeah, right. Oh. Speaking of Christmassy, uh, speaking of Rebecca Hall, have you seen her newest thing, uh, Resurrection? Did you guys watch that one? On the list, oh. all of these things sit in my list. I don't know. Do I, have I need today to. Today I was rewatching Terror Train. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I'm just gonna forewarn you. I don't know what it is with Rebecca Hall and doing traumatic fucking horror movies, but this is another one that it, it is like filled with trauma. So just if you want to watch something fun, that's not the one to watch. Don't watch that <laughs> one. It's good. Like it's very good, but it is it is very like mentally taxing because it's it deals with heavy trauma but she's fantastic in that i think she's like truly underappreciated she's done a lot of good Mm -hmm. stuff lately and i think that uh, especially in the horror genre and i i really enjoy watching her 
Um, didn't uh, she? She won something for the town, though, didn't she? The, like she the, was nominated. Have you seen the town? I I I feel like I have seen it because I know everyone who's in it, but like I can't. I know I know what's it about or what's it what's uh what's going on in the movie, but I can't tell you anything that happened. So. That's something I need to put on my list and watch. Because... Oh, you need to rewatch. It's so good. It's so good. That's yeah, what... she was nominated for something in there. Oh, shit. That was directed by Ben Affleck. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, Ben Affleck movie. It's oh. so good. It's so bad. Blake Lively's in it, too. John Hamm is in it. I mean, it's one oh. of my favorite movies. He's such she's a gorgeous in it. man. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> um, oh, too bad he's on the wagon or I'd take him. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he like... She, I, I don't know. Everybody praised her performance in that, and that was probably the first thing I'd seen her in. And then I had watched that movie where she, The Awakening, which I think came mm. before The Town, but I had seen it after I'd watched The Town, and I was like, "This woman is amazing. Why isn't she in more?" And now we just see her in these like really, and I, I don't want to. They are in the horror genre, but I would say that they're more like a suspense thriller, suspense, yeah. Thriller, yeah. kind of, yeah. So like, like a it, what lies beneath type movie. Oh, right. I love what lies yeah. beneath. That's another favorite of mine. So maybe that they, I'm, the older I get, like that's my my taste. Isn't that sad? Anyways, <laughs> goodness. But yeah, rewatch the town. Yeah, that's it's on my it's on my list. It is streaming on Tubi. So there you go. If you anybody listening wants to watch the town, three point six out of five. Holy shit, that's that's a great rating. Yeah, that's on I the mean, list now. It, it got so many things, and Jeremy Renner is a fucking twat, but he's so good at, at that in the movie. And oh, he plays. Be attracted to him. So. He plays it like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's well. They're they're oh. they're bank robbers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I knew. I didn't. And I, I didn't at know the his beginning, role. They kidnap Rebecca Hall, and she doesn't know. Like they blindfold her, so Ben Affleck doesn't want to hurt her. Well, they finally let her go, and. They realize then that Jeremy Renner's getting paranoid that she's going to say something, but that she never saw anyone's face. Mm. So Ben Affleck goes to like meet her as a regular person because they all have these masks on. And like then they end up like falling in love and shit. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. But she doesn't know that he kidnapped her because she remembers Jeremy Renner because he's acting like a pompous asshole the whole time. <laughs> and he has like a fighting Irish tattoo in his neck. That's weird. I can't see him being an asshole. He's he, I know, oh, he's I, such a prick in that movie. Wow, so I know good. him as like Hawkeye. Yeah, you know, like he's always so <laughs> I sweet. <know. laughs> I love so him, weird. but he's so. I mean, he's so bad in them. Anyway, okay. Sorry, sorry. I just like fangirled over Jeremy Renner. That's while, fine. Like, he's giving me dirty looks. I'm going to be. Kidding. Oh, do you not like Jeremy Renner? Oh, I don't care either way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness, you guys. <laughs> too much, too much. Oh, um, All right. Let's do this. Let's talk about Terror Train, unless you guys have anything else you'd like to add. Mm. No? Mikey looks like he's ready <laughs> to go. All right. Let me go over my list here. So, Terror Train from 1980, released on October 3rd of that year in the U.S. It is rated R for mild sex and nudity, which seems weird because there is a, a set of tits. I don't know how that's not how that's not moderate. Like there's a naked woman in this. It's so a split second. I guess, and it's also 1980, so that's probably why. Uh, and it and wasn't in a have... sexual sense. She was just. Oh, that's she true. Was trying to seduce them, but they weren't having sex. That's true. That does actually weigh into the the rating. Okay, so but severe violence and gore, moderate profanity, mild alcohol, drugs and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. We've got a runtime of an hour and 37 minutes, listed as a horror mystery thriller. 
directed by I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, Roger Spottiswood, Spottiswoody. Uh, his debut film, crazy. 36 directing credits also did Turner and Hooch, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Tomorrow Never Dies, and The Sixth Day. So very interesting, like, directing past. And then we've got, written by T.Y. Drake, uh, 10, 10 writing credits, did nothing else I recognized. Composed by John Mills Cockle, uh, 23 composer credits. Again, nothing I recognized. So a whole bunch of people that didn't really do anything major. But then... Cinematography by a man named John Alcott, who has 20 cinematographer credits, also did A Clockwork Orange, The Shining, oh. and Vice Squad. So, some small movies yeah. there. <laughs> it's probably why it looked as yeah. good as it did. They're okay. They're okay. I haven't seen Clockwork, Clockwork Orange in ages, but that's one of those movies that's like, you really have to be in the mood to watch that, because it is a fucking vicious movie. Um, what kind of mood is that, Austin? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, well, little story about that. I watched what, that. If I ever know you're in that mood, I don't know if I want to be around you. Well, maybe you will. Now. Oh, you've got my number, uh, Mikey. Well, no, because I, the, the first time I watched that, my uncle left it at our house because he was staying with us. And it was a two VHS, you know, because it's too long. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's, it's, a, it's a twofer. Wow. And it was, you know, so fucking heavy. And I remember I used to love the cover. So one day I just put it on and I like sat there and I think I was probably like nine or 10 watching a clockwork orange. Like, oh my God, maybe that's why I have so many problems today. I don't know. <laughs> We've <laughs> all had started. like traumatic experiences with horror. I swear everyone in like our little community has had a traumatic experience with horror. I have, you have. I'm pretty sure Mikey has. I know my wife did. Spencer did. Like everyone has had just like the like that one movie you saw way too young. So that's probably yeah. what it's probably it's, why we like it so much. The rip it's the rip off the band-aid method. Yeah. Just I mean, get get it out and then keep going. Get oh out of goodness. the way and then have a good time afterwards. Yeah, so. then we can enjoy yep. all the stuff when we get older and not be uh mentally scarred by it. Uh, so in this movie, we've got a man named Ben Johnson as Carney, who I believe is the lead conductor. He was also in The Wild Bunch as Tector Gorge, The Town That Dreaded Sundown as Captain J.D. Morales, and Red mm. Dawn as Mr. Mason. He's done some oh. things. Uh, then we've white got... guy playing a Hispanic. How nice. <laughs> Gotta love that. Can't just That's get a Hispanic here. person. Like, geez. No. That's There's too... not enough of them in this country. It's really hard to find one. Uh, apparently so. It's just like uh, when they did uh, the the guy, the white guy who played uh, Native American in Firestarter. You're like, you couldn't find a Native American, really. <laughs> you had to use the whitest person ever. Like, good God, guys. That's the one good thing about the new Firestarter is they actually had a Native American. But other than that, we all know my opinion on the new Firestarter. Uh, then we've got Jamie Lee Curtis as Alana or Elena. I can't remember how you pronounce it. I shouldn't have to tell you what she's from. She's from so many things. You should know who Jamie Lee Curtis is. And then we've got Hart Bachner as Doc. Uh, he was in Die Hard as Ellis, Urban uh, Legends Final Cut yeah. as Professor Solomon, and the Carrie remake from 2013 as Mr. Harginson. But that was uncredited, so... Yeah. I, I don't get uncredited things, by yeah. the way, because it literally credits them and then says uncredited. So are you credited or are you not credited? Like, I've never understood that. I, th it, I think it means at the credits in the film, he's not in the credits in the film. Okay, that, but makes, he, that makes they'll sense. list him on IMDb. Yeah, and just say he wasn't. Okay, that's so weird. And that the last, the as someone in the film industry, let me tell you. I know, Mike is an accredited actor, actor. I'm always credited. Oh my goodness. You'll never see his name in parentheses saying uncredited ever. 
No, hell no. <laughs> uh, then last but not least, we have the man himself, David Copperfield, as the magician. Are we shocked by that? Uh, 12 acting credits. You should know this man. Uh, the 12 acting credits are from like his movies or dvds or whatever he did on the stage um estimated budget of 3.5 million i did not find a worldwide box office gross so it says 8 million over here from what i'm looking at where so. uh, where uh where are you getting that from because i use imdb so i don't know what is is there other places that i don't know wikipedia about? man wikipedia okay yeah all right I, I usually go start when my research i start at wikipedia then i go to the bottom and click all the little links that they okay have. i'll start doing that then okay so then so a worldwide really, box yeah. office gross of 8 million that works for me. So that's, I mean, that's double the money right there. Uh, movie was filmed in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and Claremont, New Hampshire. Two random places. You can watch I this. I thought you were going to say Claremont, Florida. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> what, <laughs> what a random place to go in Florida. <laughs> Fucking Claremont. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, Sorry. Continue. I no, you're, interrupting. You're fine. No, you're fine. This is great. I, I love talking I to you know. guys. Uh, you can watch this on Shudder and Tubi. Uh, so if you have either one of those, feel free to check it out. And movies that came out around the same time, we've got Prom Night, Ordinary People, The Elephant Man, Motel Hell, Alligator, which is one of my favorite 80s movies, and Raging Bull. So not too much, but pretty good shit right there. Um, let's see here. Normally I go over like favorite kills or favorite moments. So I'll ask you guys because I totally didn't prepare you. If you don't have anything, that's fine. I can read off what I have. But was there any specific moment in the movie like a horror moment that you enjoyed or that stood out to you? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, just because, you know, I'm a lady. <laughs> kind of. Um, so the part, because I was just watching it. I watched it before I came on here. And the part that Doc and nobody likes. Firstly, there's a lot of underlying uh, homoeroticism and... Yeah, in this film, but I'm sure, thank God we have Mikey. I'm like, Mikey has to be on this episode because this is clearly. Um, I'm the gay police. Well, yeah, because I can't, I, I'm not gay enough to speak to these things. So you'll have to do it for me. But the part where Doc is, after he locks Jamie Lee Curtis into the cabin or whatever, because he's a fucking, oh my God, that that kid has needs some fit while he dies. But anyways, at that point, I was going to say, if he didn't die, he should go get therapy really fast. But he, when he's like, he realizes like he's locking all the doors. He's like barricading himself in because it's every man for himself with the small dick and energy that he has. And he's realizes, oh my God, I didn't check the lockers. So he's looking in each locker. So oh, there's yeah. a lot of really good tension build up in that scene because you know that someone's in there, right? And then I think that the biggest thing is, is when he sits back down, you expect it to come from in front of him, but it comes from under, yeah, under him mm-hmm. and then grabs his leg. And then we see nail polish, which I think those are like, I, cause I always watch this movie and I don't really pay too much attention to it. I'll be on my phone or I'll be cleaning or doing something. I'll just put it on the background. Cause I do like this movie, Yeah, but I didn't realize like, oh my God, it's a woman's hand Yeah, with woman quote-unquote woman's hand who grabs him and i think that's such a good thing because like when he finally looks at the hand he assumes it's his girlfriend that he does not believe is dead and obviously gets it then so i think that the the tension of such a with the way they shot that whole scene is so good like i know i'm not describing it very well if you've never seen terror train for that scene alone i think it's that because it's i think it's such a great setting to have in a horror film, you put people on a train, where are they going to go? Right. Yeah. 
It's very interesting, yeah. you know? Like, it's a very unique setting, for sure. And, I mean, yeah, we have movies like Murder on the Orient Express, uh, but that's more of a, you know, murder mystery. A murder mystery. Yeah. But, like, yeah, a horror movie with a slasher on a train, that's fucking, that's really fun. That's definitely original. Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, did you have a moment? Mikey, sorry, I talked too long. I did. Um, actually, so AIDS was one of my top as well, where he's in the, the VIP cart, because he's looking at all these places where he's like, oh, shit. I locked myself in here, but there's a bunch of hiding places. So he has to look through and he looks through quite a bit of them. So the suspense does build as he keeps checking. Um, but also my other favorite part is when it's during the climax, when Jamie Lee Curtis and the killer are fighting and she kicks him off the train and yes. she's like, Oh yeah, whatever I'm done. And she leaves, but like you see his hands still clasped on the side of the cart and then she, they put her to bed, which was kind of like Black Christmas, how Black Christmas ended, where they put her to bed and they like leave her. But then mm-hmm. you see his face like come behind the the mirror. Yeah. Like it was just it, it. This movie felt, considering Jamie Lee Curtis's first two movies, which was Halloween and Prom Night. I think Prom Night came before this. I don't know. They were it was, even the same, it, it was the same year. It was like right around the same time. So yeah, they were pretty yeah. much like right next to she each other. She has the same hair in both movies. Yeah, so she was probably filming them at the same time. <laughs> she she was actually yeah, she was filming them. I think she filmed prom night and then went to this one almost immediately after, or she might have been doing them back you know back to back or back and forth. Yeah, so. because she kept that yeah. short hair because mm-hmm. that's why she wears that shitty wig in part two of Halloween. Yeah. I think it's a couple years later. Yeah. She yeah. never grew her hair back out. So oh yeah, yeah. Side rant. But I feel like this one is, which is weird because out of those three, I feel like this movie gets the most shit. But this one is almost like the most mature and professional looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't I can't really explain it. Like I love, Halloween obviously is the granddaddy of horror films, but this one is like polished and well shot. Scenery is beautiful with the train um, images and stuff, but it just felt more mature than the others. Yeah, it, I think I think that really has to stem from who the cinematographer was because I mean the man did The Shining, uh, Clockwork Orange, and Vice Squad. So I mean, like I think that's why it looks as good as it does. I mean, the quality of it for me, you know, it's an '80s movie, so it's not not necessarily greatest quality. It's a little grainy and stuff like that. But like cinematography wise, it think it looks fantastic. So I have to 100% agree with you there. I think it looks very very polished. That's a good. That's a great explanation for it. So. Um, there, there's different versions of it though because I've seen a version where it's been very grainy, and I think I watched it on Prime, and then today I had it on Tubi, and it really and on the big TV, and it really, and it really didn't look that bad. So I'm just wondering if they remastered it or if there there has to be. Well, Scream Factory uh, put out a Blu-ray back in like 2012. It was one of their first ones because I have it up there on my shelf. And that one looked pretty good, so that maybe they 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 might have done another remastering at some point. But yeah, there's probably different different quality versions uh, floating around uh, for sure. But yeah, it's it definitely it definitely looks really good. I have to agree with that. Uh, my favorite, where was it? Oh yeah, my favorite horror moment. Uh, weirdly enough, was the beginning. Honestly, for me, it, that's what really hooked me when Kenny goes upstairs to get undressed and they're playing a prank on him, and then he just sits next to a rotting corpse. I was like, I just was not expecting that at all. I had no idea that was happening, and I was kind of like, holy shit. So that's kind of what hooked me into the movie. I was like, I'm ready to go. I understand what this is about now. Cuts to three oh, years yeah, later. Yeah, the corpse had tits, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But they're non-sexualized, okay. so, I, you know, it's just, I was just so creeped out. Also, like, 
where the fuck did they get that body? Like, what did they kill that person? I know they're med students. Did they just like get a cadaver or something? Yeah. <laughs> just throw it in they, there. And the re- I think a lot of them are in pathology, right? So they something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In the remake, they kind of explain it a little better because in this one, they kind of just assume the audience thinks that med students have access to dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. um, but in the remake, they actually go in detail of how they got it. Okay. But yeah. And yeah, because they're going to like, oh, we got to put it back. Well, you know, you can't touch it yeah. or do anything with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it. They're like, well, no one's going to fuck it. And the girl, because the girl thought they were, oh, he, anyways. What? I didn't uh, want to um, talk about that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I haven't finished the remake because I didn't want to unintentionally review the remake while reviewing this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I will say the only thing I do want to say about the remake is they pull a lot from the original and I like it. Okay. Um, shot, shot for shot like, even. Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah. The characters the characters are named the same. The and it's it's so it's like cool though, because like it's not shot for shot like the cabin fever remake that was stupid that no one liked um but it's just very like they just put new characters in but even like the masks that some characters wear are like the same but updated so it's just it's really cool on in that aspect okay yeah there i think i think it's fine i don't know what people are having a problem with this i haven't finished it either because like mikey said I was like oh shit i should probably watch the first one um again (laughs) i'm throwing off your groove i'm sorry no it's fine but it i think that I don't have a I, like. I think it's fine. I, there's. I already saw that there's a shit ton of bad reviews on it. So for those yeah. of you who haven't seen Terror Train or don't want to see the remake or whatever, watch the old one first, then watch the new yeah. one, and I think that you'll be you'll be happy with it. I really don't think it, from yeah, what I've seen thus not... far, it's fine. Yeah, um, and then lastly, um, Terror Train remake takes place on Halloween. The ter- second Terror Train takes place on new year's eve which oh. is when this ter- uh, original terror train takes place so i don't know i'm wondering if they're going to pull some more from the original because the date is the same now i don't know we'll see well, yeah and that's I'm my thing to too is that's what got me pissed off i'm like it's not halloween's so this be new year's yeah. <laughs> yeah. watching a new year's movie it's almost new year's but it's fine i think i think it makes sense too because like who the hell has a costume party on new year's eve like, yeah I, I thought that was weird i was like what <laughs> do, do people do that i've never heard of that um so yeah i do uh i do have a favorite kill as well uh while we're on this subject it was doc for me because he's a fucking pile of shit i hated him so Mm -hmm. much so when he finally and it sucks though because he didn't he didn't really get killed on screen it was just implied that he was killed i was like damn it i wanted to see him like i wanted to see him actually get killed on screen but that was my favorite kill he was hot though it was <laughs> he was hot yeah um, i bet they always make the hot one the asshole but he had a lot of like latent homosexual like tendencies like he really was in love with mo yeah oh yeah like I, when i was watching it i was like i feel like i was like but i don't want to be the gay guy that's always like they're secretly in love but when he was like <laughs> if she leaves you you'll always have me yeah no it's like, you have me <laughs> and i mean it and i was like oh nope they're fucking um <laughs> i know i was like oh and I never noticed that before. I don't know why. Because, like, honestly, I, I watch this movie so many times, I just never really pay attention to it. You know, yeah. like, you come running back in the room and you hear somebody dying and then you go back to what you're doing. Yeah. That's what I do. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. But, yeah. And then when they, when they oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to skip ahead too far. Oh, no. I was going to say, uh, did you guys have a favorite, a specific favorite kill of any character in, in particular? <laughs> I love how you both had a favorite horror moment kill. You're like, hmm, I don't know. No, I think Doc. Doc, Doc yeah. had to go. He he had he had it coming. 
Although it kind of made me happy that Mo died because he was a piece of shit too. Like all the men in this movie, there's a lot, like I said, a small, small dick energy in this Yeah. Film. And then what was the and... whole thing with the two guys going off with the, it was, uh, was it Mo and Doc that went off with the two girls? I was like, what, two chicks, what yeah. are your intentions here? Because yeah. when she tried to they... get, you know, like what was going on? They were on the train with their girlfriends. Right. And the whole fucking thing. I mean, I know that Jamie Lee Curtis and or Alana, whatever her name is. I know that she and Mo had a fight. And then, but the whole thing was because the girls wanted to watch the magic show and the guys didn't want to do it. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> like who gives, like what else are you going to fucking do on this train besides drink your face off? It's like, David Copperfield. Go, yeah, go watch a fucking magic show. Have a good time. But I think it's really cool, though, because in that scene, you learn that the guy who's hosting it, he even says, he's like, I didn't hire a magician. And nobody seems to be, like, suspicious about that, right? They're like, oh, okay, it's fine. Someone else probably did. It's fine. No big deal. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think because of the buildup, it was probably Doc. He had to go. Yeah, all of his choices and decisions, like as far as horror films goes, he was like the one that like has to be yeah. super macho and all the shit. And of course, he's like the one who goes out the way he does. So yeah, he good does. Good for him. Good for Doc. Uh, real quick, the IMDb summary is three years after a prank went horribly awry, the six uh, college students responsible are targeted by a mass killer at a New Year's Eve party aboard a moving train. And then we already talked about the opening. So the opening really is just they're all at like a... Uh, party or whatever i think it's actually a new year's eve celebration for the college uh like pledges or something like that and that's when the six kids trick kenny into going upstairs because he's supposed to be hooking up with uh jamie lee curtis's character alana right that's the whole thing and then it turns out it's a dead corpse and he spins around i don't know what that was about either he just like jumps up and just starts spinning around in the uh whatever the fuck was hanging from the ceiling and like the that curtain, curtain. like yeah. <laughs> The canopy. Yeah, canopy. The canopy. There we go. And then it just like freeze frames and then he cuts to three years later. Um, but then they're all on the train. And did they say what that was for? Because it's because they were graduating. They were just going on a train somewhere. I don't I don't think I caught why they were on the train besides to party. Like, were they going to a destination or something? Like, what was yeah. the deal? They were celebrating yeah, their fourth year. Okay. Yeah. It was the fraternity and sorority, I think it might have just been the fraternity throwing the party and they invited the sororities on also. Okay. So it was just a New Year's party. Yeah, and I love the whole uh the the whole concept of the killer assuming the uh, the identity or the identity but like the costume of the last person he killed i thought that was fucking super cool and original you know what i mean like they're all in costumes so he kills somebody takes their costume hops on the train and that's how he takes people out is killing them and then taking their costume but then there's also a lot of fake outs too like the whole bathroom scene when he smashes jackson's head into the wall or into the mirror and then he's all bloody and like carne comes and opens it up and sees him and there's blood everywhere, and you know the kid in the costume's like knocked out. But then he comes back later, and someone's in the costume, and all the blood's cleaned up. I was so confused by that. I was like, "How did you clean all of that up so quickly and make it look immaculate?" And then now, like, what did he do with the body? Like, did he swap it out? I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting. But just throw it off well, the train. <laughs> yeah, he did take like, his hand. Yeah, he took his hand. That's right. He, he did take his, his hand. hand off with something. I, you know. I think that was a good thing. Honestly, I think that the whole scene with Carn with Carney and the, like with the other guys took longer because they're all discussing what to do about it. And he's like, well, let's not say anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was way too I calm about that. <laughs> oh, what do you mean 
you're not gonna say anything like yeah i get you don't want to like start a panic but if there is a murderer on the train like wouldn't you be a tad bit concerned that it's gonna happen again yeah. I, I don't know i yeah. would be but i love at the beginning of the film I, and there's all these little things i caught because i actually sat and really paid attention to it but he's talking to the lady at the beginning and he's saying you know i keep saying we gotta put a damn radio on this train and only in the 1980 could you get away with something as stupid as that right because like, yeah, there's no radio on the train. They can't even call for help. They got to stop the train and throw yeah. everybody off in the snow. Like, what is that? <laughs> I, I, you know, and that's why I think, like, if you set these, if you're going to remake these films and you set them back in that time, it's so much easier to believe. Because mm-hmm. now we have to say, oh, there's no reception on the train. So nobody can use yeah. their cell phone. Like, yeah. that's such a cop out. There's reception everywhere. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. How many people have reception? You can go up in the middle of nowhere and still have receptions. So don't even give me that crap. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of that yeah. cliche <laughs> i know like set it back in time yeah i did like the killer assuming the costume of his previous victim because it also kind of gives you a hint of where the killer's been hiding the whole time mm-hmm. in terms of wearing someone else's face so like it was really cool and i don't know if y'all caught this or not maybe it was just me but in the beginning when he is he takes off his clothes and he's like going to seduce who he thinks is aliana or alana um i was like is he wearing panties oh um, he was wearing like boy boy cut sh- like underwear yeah yeah i was like, like what is I, that I was like, those are those are women <laughs> and so i was like so whenever we found out at the end i was like hmm they kept those touches though throughout right yeah yeah and they, i did yeah. notice and i don't know if the three of you noticed because i do like the fact that he assumes all the costumes because then like it's it's plausible that people just assume okay ed isn't missing he's here i just saw him right yeah you and that happens at you one saw point somebody in a costume mm-hmm. yeah but you didn't see you didn't see him so i just think it's i think it's such a good way of kind of keeping mm-hmm. and, and like a fresh way like we're so used to having like one mask throughout a slasher flick, like this one assumes multiple, which and yeah. I know other films do that, so whatever. But um I don't know if you guys noticed when David David Copperfield's getting ready and he's talking to his assistant, that's clearly fucking what's his name? I didn't like it's clearly him in a wig. because I, I was looking at his face really well this time in the beginning. And yeah. then as he's talking and doing all this stuff, I'm like, oh, that's him but you never notice until you know the ending then you start looking for it which i, I did think it was weird i did think it was weird when they would show the assistant it was like far shots like long shots because i was like who is this like because they just kind of came out of nowhere yeah. um and then when i when i was watching i was like i can't really tell who that is but i didn't put it together but also we're in a time where it's not so taboo for men to dress up as women. So I think back in the eighties, no one would ever even think about that. They'd probably just be like, Oh, what an unfortunate looking woman. Um, <laughs> I should probably preface this episode by saying we were going into spoilers. I totally didn't do that, but it's fine. Uh, Cause I want to talk about spoilers because I didn't pick. It's funny. You said you picked up on it because I literally was so blown away by that twist. Cause I, didn't put it together. Of course, now that I know that going forward and rewatching it, I'll probably be able to spot it out. No problem. Yeah. But yeah, look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That twist, because I honestly, I was thinking it was the magician to like, you know, since this was my first time, I was like, okay, I don't feel like it's doc. I don't feel like it's anybody 
obvious. I feel like it because, you know, no one hired the magician or they couldn't figure out who hired the magician. So I'm like, OK, I, I assume it's him. But then he gets killed. And I'm like, well, fuck. Then I literally had no idea. I was like, who the fuck could the killer be? So when it's revealed that it's the assistant, I was I, I was I was pretty impressed by that. I didn't see that coming. I didn't even assume. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, he takes off the wig and it's like, oh, you were dressing up as a woman. And that's yeah, that's a pretty good. I was like, OK. It's like that's a pretty yeah. good fucking twist right there. So I thought that was solid. my thought. My thought process was it's the magician, but then I was like, no, because they wouldn't give David Copperfield that big of a role. True, yeah, because he's never acted. <laughs> like, because I'm like, well, are we about to see David Copperfield lose it or try like attempt to portray what he thinks losing it looks like? But then I was like, no. And then I was like, wait a minute. I bet you the assistance that guy's sister and the guy killed himself in the beginning. Oh, and then I was like, okay. That's interesting that you wrong. say that. Because all of this plays out, yeah, and this is why, because it plays on two things, right? First, the fact that David Copperfield is so fixated on Jamie Lee Curtis, there's just something creepy about him and his demeanor. So we autom automatically assume that he's the killer. And we know mm -hmm. that he's been hired. Nobody assumes that the woman could, that a woman could be capable of such heinous things, right? right. However, we realize that the same woman dressed as a man. And the same thing kind of goes with Psycho, right? It kind of plays off of psychos trope where yes you think it's a woman but in the actuality it is a man doing these horrific things as dressed as a woman and so we as an audience we see a woman and we like assume that oh no she could never do those things right mm -hmm. but also too the movie turns it's on its head because no it's actually not a woman i mean maybe but i don't and they don't ever explain it like did he I, we only know that he was he was sort of crazy before this prank when she's discussing this with doc later she even says oh he was um he was he was in trouble because he accidentally killed somebody but they've realized like he did it on purpose blah 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 mm -hmm. so like he's already a little bit of a nut nutbag right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at this point and so i think a lot of people because i was reading things about this you know back in the day when i first watched this a lot of people had problems with it because they were saying that this kind of um and mikey maybe you can answer this for us i mean you're not a drag queen but a lot of people say that this is yes, I well i mean i guess yes you have dressed in drag so you can tell me could you tell me that does this exploit and vilify drag queens and make them you know something like a something evil that's right? exactly what i was gonna ask as well because i was i was kind of wondering that too it does not because saying that it does indicates that it means groucho marx is evil it means that lizards are evil when he dresses up like a lizard like he's not <laughs> do he's not purposely dressing up in drag for a specific reason he's hiding amongst crowds he's using it as a disguise not as his identity mm. now if he if he was like you know if, if you go into more like sleepaway camp territory where he's actually trans and he's a woman and then that's part of the story and then he's killing people that kind of gets into murky waters of you know questioning his mental state because he is trans and he's killing people like but that's not what happens and so i think he was just using the disguise as a disguise yeah i was actually literally about to bring up sleepaway camp because me and gabby had a conversation about that how she kind of got the vibe that it kind of does vilify like a transgender person. And I was like, I could see where she's coming from, but honestly, I don't, I don't know. Like it does that, you know, like, is that, is that something that happened in that movie or is it, do they get away with it? Because it's like, I don't know. It's like you said, it's kind of murky water. So it like, is that, is it bad representation from sleepaway camp? Or, I mean, I don't think that was their intention. You know what I mean? Like with sleepaway no. camp, 
I have a I have a pretty strong opinion about sleepaway camp, and it's that Angela's not trans. Angela was a boy whose guardian forced them to be a girl, right? Yeah. And so, like you know, it's it's a little different because Angela, I don't think is trans. Okay. Um, but I understand how people could get the message that message, but also. I take into account the time that movie was made. They didn't mm-hmm. even really probably know what trans people were, that there was it was a community. So I don't think there's ill will. Felissa Rose has gone on many podcasts like advocating that, you know, there's no ill will towards trans people right. and she's a very lovely person. So I'm on the boat that it's not offensive, but I also am not trans, so I can't speak on their feelings. Um, but that's just my take. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and again, and this is not an excuse, but remember the time that these films were made. Like it, yeah. it's not an excuse. I think it's just ignorance, right? Yeah. So we were just not as socially aware back then as we are now of things. So now we can do better, and you know. But back then, yeah, you're right. It's just like it was a product of its time. So, but yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. It's not an excuse either. But yeah, it's good to know because I've been. I was wondering that the second that the disguise took off, I was like. I was going to ask you that. I was like, does that kind of misrepresent misrepresent them? But no, if you, if you, you he was literally using it as a disguise to blend in and not show who he was because obviously they would have recognized him immediately because they were the they were the yeah. cause of him going to that psychiatric uh or mental institution or or wherever he went where he did accidentally kill somebody and that's even um Alana goes to uh, apologize to Kenny and they won't let her see him because of mm-hmm. what happened in his past about how he killed someone. But I don't I don't think they actually explained did he just escape? I don't think they explained how he got out of there. He I mean I mean I assume he just escaped from wherever he was and got on the train, right? I guess we can assume that. I don't my thought process was he didn't necessarily escape because he didn't do anything wrong. He probably just they cleared him okay. of his mental state and said, Okay, you're good to go. That's just me though. Yeah. Like if he was actually in trouble for killing someone, then I'd be like, Oh, he probably escaped from the mental asylum. Right. But yeah. And and I think I think the way that I I can't speak for everywhere, but I, I know in this country the way they handle <laughs> mental illness, like once I they could kick him out if he had no money, right? Like if there's Oh yeah, this bill. Yeah, that's true. And thanks, Reagan. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry to your Republican fans out there. Uh, Oh, I know. Yeah, it is what it is, is, though. I mean, it's not. It's not like where is the lie? So you know, like there's so many programs. I mean, this is the reason why we have such a high volume of, of crazy drug addicts downtown in Orlando, Austin, is because they, they closed the the clinic for the homeless people to get their medications from. Mm-hmm. They closed that years ago. Yep. And now they're everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I wonder why. Yeah. And, you know, nobody <laughs> wants to fund these things. And it's like, okay, well, you're not taking these people in. So if they're going to live in the street and be crazy, at least let them be medicated. So I don't have to be, you know, shouted at every time I let my dog poop in the grass. Oh so, my God, anyway, they are wild downtown. A, they are so that's wild. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> We could do a separate podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, oh but I mean, it, when you're dealing with this film, it goes, Kenny clearly has some kind of issue. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a dead body. I would have been throwing up. Yeah, I would have been upset, but it wouldn't drive me to a mental institution because yeah. you know that this is just the, the cadaver from the school. He's a med student as well. If you can't look at a dead body, you can't be a fucking doctor. I, I don't care who you are. Like, it's like, like. Any anybody who like can't deal with blood or anything of that nature, then clearly the medical field is not the field for you. Well, I yeah. think they. I think they explain. I could be. I could be wrong, but I do have notes here saying that um, 
when he saw the sight of the rotting female, it triggered a relapse of Kenny's mental breakdown when he accidentally killed that person. I think that's what they said, and yeah. that's why he freaked uh, out. I believe. I, I, I think that's what I heard. But um, I mean, no, but you're, that makes sense. But you're right, though. You can't be a med student if dead bodies are going to freak you out. Like you know what I mean? So that, yeah, if that's going to trigger something, then you can't do like don't do it. Don't and do I that. Say that, but like. I wouldn't be like, I always think, okay, I'll just go be a nurse. Like, cause I was, I initially went to school for nursing at, when I first started college. And then I was like, I'm not cleaning out bad pans and changing grown people's diapers. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Not yeah. sorry. But I know that I will never be able to do that. So this is not the job for me. So, yeah. There's limits, you know? I mean, well, maybe their university isn't only medical. He could be freshing the fraternity in a different study. I don't know. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about That's that. True, but I did not I even think, think that about that. All of, I think all of them in that circle were all. Um, yeah, they all the close friends were. But yeah. and I'm trying to Maybe remember if him. this was the remake. I don't know if this was the remake or the original, <laughs> but they're blending they, together. <laughs> yeah, but they talk about how the new rushes are here and this is like what they have to do as part of their hazing basically. Okay. So they're not they're not essentially in that friend group, but he wants mm-hmm. to join the play the frat okay so I mean, what happened to the day where you just blew the president like why do we have to start messing with dead bodies i don't know i know like i think that's pretty severe even if they were med students yeah. like you're not supposed to treat a body that way i mean firstly like it's probably it's and and this is just from what i know it's very hard and difficult to attain a, somebody to donate their body right after right. because people are so yeah. wishy-washy about that shit so just to get the body on its own and then to to remove it from the setting and stick it in a room where it's not sitting in a refrigerator. So it probably Ooh. stinks. Like I, I can't even I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty heinous practical joke. I think it's disgusting. And yeah. it's all, it kind of reminiscent. And I think pathology, if you've never seen that movie, pathology kind of pulls a lot from oh, there's like fighter jets flying over the building. What oh, the fun. fuck is happening? <laughs> no, not fun. I don't want to see this. Um, They're going to rescue Andrew Tate. <laughs> i hate you oh, oh my god boom. oh my god <laughs> this is ridiculous anyway, off the rails so, mikey gosh anyway well we're coming up on the hour austin so anything else oh you wanted to... yes so final thoughts on this uh for me i i quite enjoyed it uh i really enjoyed the twist and I really enjoyed him getting smacked off the train and just fucking getting like right into the ice. I was like, oh, yeah. I was and then it just ends. I was like, that was a chef's kiss. So uh, for me, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I thought it was a great uh, solid slasher. So opinions from you guys, if you did rate it or what would you give it out of five? I think that's a perfect rating three, three and a half out of five, because I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I think I was thinking more of Prom Night. Because if I remember correctly, Prom Night kind of sucks until the end. Um, yeah, that one's okay, but, yeah. Yeah, Terror Train maintains a high quality. The actors did what they needed to do. David Copperfield wasn't campy like I thought he was going to be. Um, it was, you know, there is the uniqueness of changing the masks. And then I didn't even know who the killer was. So that was a good yeah. surprise. And then now that you mentioned, I remember I took notes. I was like, that's like the best body impact from a high yes. elevated area I've seen. Because when he hit the ice, I was like, oh. Yeah, I <laughs> did like, the same thing. Water. It's like, holy like, shit. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yes. So definitely a great movie. If you want nice. a double feature at the end of the year, Black Christmas and Terror Train for yes. Christmas and New Year's. All right, yeah. Aid, what about you? 
I, I, I would give it a higher rating. It's one of my more favorite horror okay. films. Um, and I, you know, I disagree with both of you on Prom Night because Prom Night is a wonderful whodunit with a bunch of red herrings and has one need to rewatch my favorite. That one. Oh, favorite we're talking about the original game. one, not the remake. Yeah, Prom Night, the the original. I haven't even seen. I saw the remake <laughs> drunk in the movie theater, and I don't remember what the fuck happened. So. <laughs> um, and it was PG thirteen, so fuck that movie. But the old yeah. one, I and the old one when I initially had seen it, I didn't like it. But the new one, I after revisiting it years later as an adult, I really feel that it does hold up. But anyways, aside from that, Terrain has some really good elements, and anything that comes out nineteen eighty, I always say this, like you know, The Shining. Um, uh, Friday the 13th, like all of these things that come out in 1980, they still feel very 70s. The mm. Changeling, for example. And oh, 70s so horror, good. as we all know, is my favorite horror. And so because it's very atmospheric, because of the dialogue, and this is an example of how you you build character without sacrificing time, right? Like you're not just adding time to to develop these characters. You're able to d- develop it within the, the constraints of, you know, an hour and a half. And so I feel like the 70s movies have such a good way of, of, of doing that. And so while this is not a 70s movie, it very much feels like one. And that's why I would give it a higher rating. I would give it a four out of five. Okay. Hey, but that we're all like on this on the same page for this one. I like it. I figured we would be because um, it's just, it, I feel like it is like, and it's, it doesn't really even have that great of ratings on IMDb or Letterboxd. Like it has a 5.8 out of 10 out on, on IMDb, which isn't too bad. And then a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So Going in, I was like, oh, those aren't great ratings, but I try not to like base it solely off of that. But yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this, and uh, I think everyone did a great job. Oh my God, there's a Prom Night 2 and 3 and 4? Yes. You didn't I know I haven't that? seen the rest of them. Oh, I've God. seen 2. I haven't seen 3 and it's movies you, that you never thought had sequels have, have so many sequels. But anyways, yeah, uh, I was just pleasantly surprised by this. And it's funny, too, because my co-host Spencer watched it and he remembered because uh, he told me when he watched it, he was like, oh, I didn't really like that one. I didn't think it was good. And we usually have the same taste. So going in, I was like so hesitant that I wouldn't like it. But that ending was just, like the third act is so good. I think they really do a good job at building up to the third act and making the third act very, very tension heavy and then that ending again it's just it was like the chef's kiss it was i was so satisfied with that ending and then they didn't need to it ended with the bang yeah it literally ended with the bang and they didn't happy need to new year. yeah happy new year and they didn't need to explain anything after that credits rolled i was like fuck it's yes done. that's it he's I, done i know <laughs> it's done. like if he would have if he would have landed in the water there would be like looming like is he still alive but after he hit he's the ice i was like hey, nope <laughs> No, he's I mean, not alive. There's no way I mean, he's we coming back. Need a second one, like we don't need. This does not need a sequel. And like you know, not every no. slasher needs sequel because I feel like you kind of perverse it. It becomes per, you know you pervert the idea as it as it goes yeah. on. When you yeah. you look at part one of all of our slasher favorites, part one is always the beautiful one because it just sets the tone and right. like. Mm-hmm then it all gets thrown to hell so this one if you did a second well i guess we have a second remake so yeah that's interesting that can't believe they so the remake dropped this year and then the sequel to the remake is dropping tomorrow yeah, mm-hmm. to, to be as fanning their nuts as doug would say what is going on with <laughs> yeah yes, I just, and if you oh go ahead no no, no go ahead mikey I was just going to say, if you do watch uh, the original Terror Train on New Year's Eve, make sure you time it to where uh, the guy hits the ice at midnight. 
<laughs> oh, I man. know you could probably Google it and find out what, yeah. you know, what time to start it and what time to end. <laughs> I'll have to do that. I'll, no, I will literally do that. And I will say that on the next episode, which is also going to be released uh, today. I will go ahead and figure out the timing. It's if you start Terror Train at this moment, you will start your <laughs> new year off with an absolute bang uh, when he smacks the ice. That's actually a really good idea. Thank you for for bringing that up. That's a great idea because I see that shit all over oh, all over Facebook. Like if you start this episode of The Office at this point or whatever, there's so many things that do that. No one's done that for Terror Train, and that's fucking criminal. So we're gonna well, do that. I would, I would Google it first before you do the math by yourself, Austin. Because if some asshole's already done it, fuck it. Then you can just copy it off. The that's thing. true. That's true. It saves me. It saves me time and energy. So that's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah. I do have a couple fun facts here about this that I found. Um, so the idea for Terror Train came from a dream that Daniel Grodnick had one weekend night after seeing the films Halloween and Silver Streak. He woke up and said to his wife, what do you think about putting Halloween on a train? His wife answered, that's terrible. So he jotted down the idea for Terrible Train on a piece of paper on his nightstand. And in the morning, he changed the title to Terror Train, wrote up 22 pages, and made a deal on it with Sandy Howard's company at 3 in the afternoon the next day. So you got to love how movies just come to be because, you know, someone's saying that's a terrible idea. And then we get it into a movie form. And then it's like super good. You got to love that shit. Um Magician already talked about that. David Copperfield. Um, oh, yeah. The film was notable for a particular novelty story element gimmick wherein the villain puts on the costume of the last victim. As such, the killer in the film is constantly seen in different outfits. And again, I just have to highlight that because I, I feel like that is so unique and original. I, I can't think of another movie that does that where they're constantly changing their appearance. I'm sure there's one out there. I say this all the time, but like I just think that was so unique and original. And that's really what kind of sold me on the hook of the movie. Um, and that's pretty much it for my fun facts. Um, but thank you for joining me again, saving the day because my poor co-host pulled a sciatica. Um, you guys were on two back-to-back -back episodes. I, I always, way, I'm sorry. How old is your co-host? 29. He's younger than me. Yeah, yeah I know. Ter okay. You know, I'm sorry, baby boy, but at 29, there's no reason for that to be happening. I know. I said figure something out. Do I, your yoga. I was like, you're not even 30. I was like, you're not even 30 yet, man. It's going to just be downhill for you. So I was I like, I, I was doing deadlifts today and then Austin's like, oh, sciatica. And I'm like, I'm ancient. What is he talking about? Sciatica. Have you ever pulled it before? It sucks. No. It's so it's like a nerve in your back, but it, it literally it can. Like when you pull your sciatica, it goes all the way down through your leg. So it's like a whole, if you turn a certain way, it sends a shockwave down your leg and your back. And yeah, it's... I've had boobs my whole life. Nothing, nothing will kill me now at this point. So fair. It's not in that. your back. It's not in your back, Austin. It's in your ass. That's probably where it's coming from. You're not wrong. That's what I, that's what I whispered to Aid while you were talking. I was like, it's not in his back. It's in his ass. It's in your butt. <laughs> You guys are so bad. All right, Mikey or Aid, tell everybody where they can find you on this social media for Slashers Podcast. Well, you can find us on any podcast carrying company at Slashers Podcast. If you want to check us out, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash slashers pod. You can find us on Instagram at slashers pod or mutant goons from beyond. And Facebook, we have a little group that Austin is active in as well called Mutant Goons from Beyond. My check favorite. us out. I love the name of that group. It is the coolest. And Jake's artwork is just crazy. I love it. 
He does such mm-hmm. a great job. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Frightmares. Look for the Skull and Headphones or Slasher app and Instagram at Frightmares Podcast. Twitter at Frightmares underscore pod. I'm on TikTok at Silver.Shamrock. I do a whole bunch of movie reviews. Um, I actually shouted you guys out in my last TikTok for the Christmas horror episode and put your little artwork up there because I love you guys. Oh um, but yes, uh, this <laughs> this episode was supposed to be released on Friday, but since I had to record it on Friday, it will be released Saturday. That's today. You will also be getting the top 10 of the year today as well. So I won't stay until next week, Stay Spooky. I guess until the next episode, Stay Spooky. But uh, I'm going to be that guy that'll say we'll see you next year. So take care. Mm. Har, 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 har. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>